guys. It's basic snitches time. I'm Tara. I'm Adam. And we're going to do basic snitches shit called talking about a chapter, Hagrid's Tale, which is chapter 20. Yeah, which is technically we do that in every episode. Wait, where is my wine? Your wine is right there. Oh, there it Important. is. Important. Adam lost his wine, but don't worry, crisis averted. We found it. Guess found what? it. We're laying in bed together. Too. We are. It's lovely. Or so, we're sitting in bed together, rather. This, this is a sexy episode. Oh, yeah. I'm going to lay in bed. Ooh! (laughs) If I lay, I might fall asleep, and then we won't get anywhere. We're not in my bed, but we are in a bed. A bed. This bed is specifically set aside for basic snitches recording sessions. It's in the basement. Recording sessions is in quotes. What else are we recording? The sounds of our fucking. (laughs) Join our Patreon. Speaking of. If you have not joined our Patreon, you should because it's got lots of great stuff like more of us all the time just talking about other shit like games and our lives and it's just good times and it really helps us out. It helps keep our amazing website alive and keeps us getting some fun conversations out to you guys like these chapters. And this is actually our first time where we have 11 patrons. And we have 11 patrons that we want to thank and you could be on this list as well for just $3 a month. You could join these illustrious, amazing human beings. So thank you so much to Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Jeannie, Layla, Mary Beth, Megan, Meredith, Nisi, Olivia, and Rath. Yes! And actually, right before this, we are discussing today potential of expanding our tiers. Because That's right. We when we set up the Patreon, we were like, okay, three dollars a month until we get to ten, and now we have exceeded ten. So there may be some more offerings. More on that in another episode soon. Thanks, guys. Yeah. What happened? So <laughs> before we talk about chapter. 20. If anyone remembers chapter 19, the Which shit we show don't. was oh, yeah, the we shit do. show that was chapter 19. It was very shit. Um, the Lion and the Serpent, in which Harry and the Weasley twins were all banned from Quidditch for life by Pink Bitch. So I think the winners and losers of this chapter have there's a lot of options, honestly, even though I feel like it's also obvious. It's also obvious, but also there are options. I almost gave the loss to Fred and George because I think that the way they teased Ron definitely earned them a loss. But Pink Bitch exists and I'm just giving it to her because she needs to get off her fucking power trip. Even Jesus. The twins, there's Draco too. Draco is another really good option, but Pink Bitch I think her being on her high horse so much, I'm like, nah, fuck this bitch. And also I love the when she loses because she sucks. So then the question is who the fuck wins the match? Oh, the winner of the chapter is Luna for her fucking lion hat. Oh, yeah. That Quinn. Luna has single-handedly embraced this whole idea of house unity that the hat was telling them about 4,000 chapters ago at the beginning of this book. Luna's like, hey guys, remember that? I'm gonna wear this lion hat. You have to hear more of Tara's voice, as she likes to say. Ah, sorry guys. Now it's time for her to read. So I'm gonna read a thing that Adam wrote. What date was it written on, bitch? (laughs) It's not in here. (laughs) Probably written on October 6th, 2017 no, or whatever. It's written on your ass. <laughs> Literally, I was like, Terry, can you come here earlier? I have to read my thing on your ass. So you have to bend over backwards. To read <laughs> so it. imagine me just trying to read things from my ass. On a bed that on Adam a is also bed. laying on. Through <laughs> 20, Hagrid's tale. Hagrid is back. The Grop's done fucked Hagrid all the way up. 
Hagrid went on a trip with Madame Maxine to find the giants. And I'm sure she did find some giants in Hagrid's pants because they've been fucking the whole time, trust. The giants are big, stupid, ugly, dangerous babies with bad hygiene and unfortunately, Dick Fuck McNair, which is his actual name, trust me, I looked it up, got to them first despite Hagrid and Maxime giving them a nice gift of fire and a helmet. Just as they finally get to the part where Hagrid is about to tell them why he looks so haggard, ha ha ha, lol. The ha 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 was me, the lol was Adam. There you go. Oh, thank you for distinguishing. And why he's returned so much later than Maxime, the K-word comes to the door. Seriously, I'm so sick of K-word at this point. Can we just get one chapter without K-word coming around and fucking things up? No, why hasn't she been murdered yet? Once K-word is gone, they start warning Hagrid about K-word. And in typical Hagrid fashion, he doesn't listen. Well, it's good to have Hagrid back, I guess, but I hope he doesn't fuck this up. That's exactly what happens. That's our Hagrid. This chapter is obviously all about Hagrid because we haven't had Hagrid yet, but one detail that I would like to point out before we get into Hagrid land as they're like going down to his hut and stuff under the invisibility cloak is nearly headless Nick is humming that Weasley is our king song. And I was like, excuse Rude. me. Rude. I don't, I saw that. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I actually don't take points away from him, but that would be point taken away worthy. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that the Weasley is our king melody was stolen it's so like copyright infringement immediately i was like it's to the tune of god save the queen i feel like maybe but what should it have been part of me is thinking like come on eileen <laughs> but i can't, can't make it fit or one of those like 70s 80s songs that you can't get the fuck out of your head like living love shack living on a prayer love centerfold shack is not the first one i would have thought of but okay mickey by Tony Basil. By Tony Basil. Somebody make Weasley is our king fit in with Love Shack. Please, just someone make it fit in with any obnoxious seventies or eighties song. I mean that one that by you Journey, can't get out of your uh, head. That one by Journey called Why Can't I Think of It? There's a lot of them. The main one. The main one. Are you talking about? Um, don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Please make like, that's Weasley. That's essential. <laughs> if you do that, we'll send you something. Yes. I'm not going to tell you what that is, but please do it. Someone or all of you. Oh my God. We got like 15 people who sent us this. We could, it would be a great day. Well, maybe we'd have to send them a lot of things. At that point, if 15 people. We would find the things to send you. We're going to have to send you nudes because they're free for us. (laughs) Well, if that doesn't get people to send us things, I don't know what will. Same. So, yeah, that happens. Yeah, already we're way off the rails of this chapter. They go down to see Hagrid's hut. Imagine the comfort of seeing his hut lit up after all this and exactly what I know, it's just like we finally get Hagrid, and Hagrid is such a symbol of home and safety and comfort and correctness of the whole situation. Harry's had such a shit year already. We even talked about it before. We comes to Hogwarts and Hagrid's not there. Finally, he is. It's so nice. But then they open the door and Hagrid's like, look at my bloody face. Yeah, his head looked like meat. He got meat on his meat He head. got meat on his meat head. Meat on meat. I like that they're like, Hagrid, are you going to eat that? And he's like, no, I'm going to put it on my face, you assholes. Like, what the hell? Also, that looked rotten. He's like, it's supposed to look like this, you it's dipshit. It's dragon meat, you Why fuckers. Why have you not paid attention to my class? <laughs> We had a whole dragon meat unit. They probably week. did. Dragon we just didn't. Yeah. Like I said, the Grops don't fuck Hagrid up. And obviously we don't. Like, we don't learn about the Grops that. in this episode, but we know. Because they don't even get into it. Like right when they're He's supposed about to do to. it, the pink <sighs> comes in. 
So before we talk about her. Yeah, we got a wild. We got to talk about Haggard and Madame Maxime. They be fucking at one point. Well, there's no way that they're not. There was one thing. There's no way. Did I write it? She, Madame Maxime likes to rough it. We know what that means. Roughing it does not mean enjoy nature in this case. (laughs) It means she is a rough fucker. Probably. Whatever. Her dick is bigger than Hagrid's probably. Their journey and the assignment that they get. Ultimately, I'm so sad for them that they're not what you would deem successful. But Hagrid is like, well, we did tell them Dumbledore's message. And that's, you know, like. Seriously, that's a note that I have to look later on. It's like, well, did the bare minimum, you know. And they tried to do more. What I really love is that they were faced with all these things that, you know, most people would be like, yeah, I ain't doing this shit. I gotta go home. They're very determined and they work so hard. And like, they're in a terrifying situation. The first time I read this, I was like so bummed for them when I got to the end of his story and they weren't successful because it's like, God, they worked so hard and they sacrificed so much and they put themselves in severe danger. They still just kept going and being like, okay, well, we got to regroup and we got to do this. Like they didn't give up. All of that for sure. But I also thought at the end of this, at the beginning of chapter, he's like, there's 80 left. Only 80. And then as they go through this, they see at least two huge massacres. One where Carcass became a carcass. And <laughs> the one where they've got all like the nice giants in the cave. And then all the mean giants come and murder all of them. All right. We've seen that percentage go down at the very least 15%, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, there's maybe 60 of them left yeah. now. So like 60 giants. Sure, I guess that kind of sounds a lot. But in the scheme of things, in a whole wizarding war, this whole war is going to wipe the rest of them out. I know that these are living beings. Now... They are, like I said, big, dumb, angry, ferocious babies. Right. But they're not educated. They don't have access to the education to be So there might need to be, like, better. a reservation of giants so that they can, like, you know, start fucking and get more giants out there right. in the world. Right. Because they're too busy killing each other. Exactly. It's kind of sad because, you know, obviously Hagrid and probably Madame Maxime are half giant. So my favorite is that, like, Hermione's like, how did you hear anything about your mom? And I'm like, Hagrid is fucking 80 years old. His mom is dead, Hermione. Yeah. Like and he says, like, she died a while ago, like, of course. And it was, she's just like, I'm sorry. Obviously, yes, it is very sad to lose a parent. Here's one thing that I have always been frustrated about Hagrid. We don't acknowledge the fact that Hagrid is 70 or 80 years old. That's never acknowledged because he's always written in such a, like, a jovial, youthful way. And I'm like, he's an old man. Yeah. His mother is going to be at least 20 to 30 years older than him. She's not going to be alive. Yeah. Well, unless, like, Maybe giant giants lifespans. live longer? Yeah. yeah, unless somebody rips the head off and puts it at the bottom of the Right? Place. Like, what if... He was probably, like, a nice, young carcass. He was probably, like... A, a nice, 40... young carcass. <laughs> carcass was a nice, young, 40-something Do you want that to be giant? <laughs> Who got his head ripped off by what's the fucking Gerg's name? What was that guy's name? Gololilith. Where is it? Golgamath. Golgamath. Not not Gargamel from the Smurfs. Girl, I don't know the Smurfs. Girl, okay, so I like. That is not my fandom of choice. When I was like a child, I watched the Smurfs. I actually didn't like them very much, but I remember Gargamel. He was a bad guy. Yeah, well, same person. Maybe he got really fucking tall. (laughs) Yeah, that Golgamath guy. Golgamath. Yeah, isn't that what I said? Golgamath. I, I don't Golgamath, Golgamath, who cares? It looks like he's on meth. Hang on, meth. Between meth and math, he's probably more of a meth, if you will. 
Because he probably can't do math, and he looks like that's He don't all, know what math all is. All he do is eat math. So, thus, Golga math. And other giants. Then Hagrid tells them, like, there'll be fucking Death Eaters there, and they're sneaking in around what we're trying to do. And it was very interesting because the Death Eaters know they're there, so they're sneaking around the mountains to try to find Hagrid and Madame Maxime. If you have already won allegiance with the giants why do you give a shit about people being there i kind of touched on this already when like clearly their population has already decreased over this whole thing this is no consequence of maxime and hagrid either they're just automatically always killing each other so if none of this had even happened by the time they actually get to like the battles of hogwarts in two plus years at this point two and a half years how many giants are gonna be left Mm -hmm. like 40 20 this is such a dangerous mission is it really worth it to go out there and do this right just let them do what they do like leave them alone another thing that i had about this mission is like dumbledore is telling them how to go about all of this both of them are half giant wouldn't they know a little bit more maybe i feel like it sounds like dumbledore has just taken it upon himself to really learn about these different different types of magical beings and the tribe. Madame Maxime and Hagrid have been living among human beings. They're not out in the world here. And Madame Maxime is the school headmistress. So that's where her world is. And Hagrid is Hagrid, who Dumbledore has some very parental feelings over. Mm-hmm. And is probably very aware of the fact that Hagrid doesn't really know a whole lot about this. Here's what I would say, though, about what you said about why are we doing this mission? More than we need them on our side so that they're not on the other side. I think that Dumbledore is trying to promote almost a rebuilding of these beings. Oh, okay. Because Hagrid keeps telling the kids that... They're not meant to be living like this, but they've been pushed out of Britain. They've been pushed out of everywhere. This is the only place where they're okay to be without wizards attacking them with magic. And they're not meant to live like that. So pulling them out of this and pulling them away from the Death Eaters where they're more likely to be encouraged to be violent, aggressive assholes who rip each other's heads off might in the future build back up their population. Now it's coming from a place where they were already kind of in isolation. So they might build themselves up in other areas of isolation and have real giant tribes that Mm -hmm. are like 10 giants there. I don't know how many giants are supposed to be together in a safe way that they can build them back up just like they would any other race or whatever other beings. It sounds like a thing Dumbledore would do. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. I, I think that all that is correct. I would say this is more of a thing for Dumbledore is like, these giants are just murdering each other left and right. Maybe what it is then is you're going to have to like separate out the Golgameth type giants from the others so that they don't take all this work in vain, <laughs> if you will. But that makes sense, at least to like improve how wizards and giants like interact and everything but you didn't bring up another point that i had and that is these are one of the only places where the giants can live without having to deal with humans interacting with them and and coming in and killing them off or whatever the case may be now there was one point where they couldn't use magic because the ministry is watching them. But the Ministry of Magic is in Britain. And there are parts here that refer to France and Poland. And so how is the British ministry controlling magic in other countries when, like, we know there is a French Ministry of Magic? So I don't know that it's so much that they're controlling it in other countries as that they have kind of, like, a... Or no, that the ministry is watching them, I guess. Right. Yeah. 
all of these ministries, I feel like, probably operate like the same way embassies would, and there's a line to it, and I wouldn't put it past Fudge Packer to be like, hey, French minister, we have a couple of people who are on the run from, like, just making shit up about them or whatever and kind of putting them on to... We saw Most the, wanted. Yeah. You know, like, we saw the French Ministry of Magic in the Fantastic Beast movie. Even if that's the case, wouldn't it be weird for them to be like, hey, watch out for Hagrid, which I guess makes more sense. But watch out for Madame Maxine, you know, the headmistress of the main school. Right. <laughs> like, and I wonder if it's also just, it's not so much as, like, being tracked, but drawing attention to themselves because they're two very large people as well. I mean, Hagrid says, we're not exactly people that go by unnoticed. So I wonder if it's not so much we weren't using magic so people weren't tracking us as more as like drawing attention to ourselves. I guess that would make That makes also just knowing that magic is traceable and if they are being followed because you know they did say that they were followed into france and so he was saying though they made it sound like they were going to bobaton not you know whatever so that if someone were trying to follow them then that's what they would believe i mean i don't understand how magic is tracked obviously but also hagrid is not allowed to do magic so he might have some sort of like loose trace on him and i guess if like we look at the beginning of the book and how they track the magic on harry Hey, somebody in this vicinity did it. This is the only wizard that could have done it, so obviously it was him. And isn't even, like, tracing back to him? So they could very well have been like, well, Maxine can do magic, even if Hagrid does it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It feels Maybe just so extra bizarre. precaution. Or if I don't they're know. in the middle of the mountains, I guess, like, oh, somebody did a spell over here. If they are micromanaging things to the level that pink bitches uh-huh sure maybe someone would apparate out there and be like haha gotcha but then what are you gonna do against these two motherfucking giants ain't nobody right to watch them murder you in the middle of the mountains yeah. and leave you for dead yeah i really think it's probably the latter where it's they're not trying to draw attention to themselves because they also know that death eaters are also around yeah and they're probably working hard to conceal themselves just as people who are eight nine feet tall at the end of the day, I'm not saying all that is wrong, but in my I opinion, I feel like it's such a risky mission for them when the payoff, even if ultimately they're like conservation efforts and making sure that this species mm. is safe, it seems like such a dangerous mission for all of that. I agree. It's very dangerous. It is the first time where it actually kind of shows in a modern <coughs> time how dire things are where this is the type of measures that people are taking you know this whole chapter i definitely like struggled i think a little bit with that you know Just, what i struggle with this whole chapter how many times hermione interrupted Hagrid? that's it that this trio is impatient as fuck well if you notice it's hermione and ron yeah. They, they, what here's took the, you so long? So on and so forth, you know? Harry is, I think, used to these type of things. Like, not necessarily used to long-winded tales, but just being like, I'm not going to get all the answers I want if I keep interrupting. He does that with Dumbledore all the time, every year. But I've noticed he didn't do that when he was getting all of the information from Sirius at the beginning of the book. And he doesn't do that at all in here. But also, he's just got Hermione and, and Ron to ask all the questions, so he don't have to do shit. But I Hermione is especially interrupty. Yeah. Well, she also reacts. She's like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. I actually appreciate the youthfulness of that. It's nice. It's still annoying though. I'm like, just let him fucking tell yeah, the story. Like, yeah, exactly. Which truly the whole thing that kind of spurred this on was like, where have you been? Why 
did Maxime return so much earlier than you did and stuff. And then, of course, the moment. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to tell you. And then, just kidding, pink bitch thing. When this happened, I said it in my thing. I am fucking sick of her. Can we get a moment of her not coming in fucking things up? And at this point... It's every time she comes in, it like changes the energy of the fucking book. I think I was even about to text you at one point and been like, I'm just so sick of her. This is why this is my least favorite book. Because I think I truly am at the point where I even think back to our episode with the podcast and death ladies. Mm -hmm. In terms of looking at reviews and stuff, this is truly like my least favorite book, I think. Because every time it's like an interruption to things to remind you, oh, this bitch is here and she's here to make everybody's life suck. Pretty heinous. Oh, while I'm on the topic, I'm not necessarily going to call out the name of this podcast, but even when we were talking about founding Basic Snitches, there was one podcast that we kind of looked at a little bit from inspiration, or it was one that both of us listened to. We both listened to it. I don't know that we had any inspiration from yeah, it. Yeah, inspiration might be not, not that it was a bad podcast, it just was not anything that we... It's very different from Basic very Snitches. Very different. There are many Harry Potter podcasts out there, but yeah. you're your favorite, so keep listening to us instead. But... <laughs> This particular one, like, they always, and we do this sometimes too, but I don't think ever to Pink Bitch, try to give benefit of the doubt to some characters. When it came to Umbridge, there was a lot of, well, she is, like, a woman in power, and no one's respecting her because she's a woman, blah, 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 blah. I completely understand times like that. And we have even said that about other characters in this series. Especially when it comes to female teachers that Umbridge is shadowing, for example. That's, like, just one example of that. But she comes in to Hagrid's home, by the way. This is his office. It is his house. Oh, so you're Hagrid. What the fuck happened to you? And, like, Hagrid even is like... I'm sorry, Excuse who me, the buddy, hell are you? Are you oh, yeah. Which is a completely normal response because this person you don't know is coming into your yeah. home and completely treating you with disrespect. You know, even if you're in a position of power, this is not the way to, by any means, to interact with no. your colleagues. And at this point, they are your colleagues. They're not your underlings or whatever. So, no, she does not deserve benefit of the doubt just because she is a woman in power. And she's in power only because someone who is corrupt gave her that power. Right. And she is questionably even more corrupt than he is. I agree. The beauty of this series is that there are so many strong women and many of them are given great positions of power and leadership. Giving her this benefit of the doubt is just not really like, that's kind of disrespectful, I think, to the other people. Yeah. Honestly. Let's look at it from a basic human thing. Somebody is in power and they are misusing their power. There are so many people in the series who are in power and don't misuse their power and don't use it for negativity. Just because she is, this is weird for me to say this because I'm obviously a man, but it doesn't matter who you are. If you're not using your power for good, then maybe you shouldn't have that power to begin with. Doesn't matter how you got it. Doesn't matter how hard you worked your ass off. Even if she did work her ass off, clearly the way that she reacts and acts and like treats other people shows that on her way to the top she did something Mm -hmm. where she feels entitled or she feels emboldened to be a rancid piece of shit to everybody you know absolutely you don't work your way up and then all of a sudden start treating people like shit like you've been treating people like shit the whole time right that's my little rant on her i'm trying to read through this book and like escape a little bit too from normal life and it's hard when she keeps popping up she is everywhere it really does not make the book enjoyable when she pops up it's like oh here we go now i can get be pissed off again 
I guess that's kind of a sign of the strength of the creation of that character. So here's my reaction to her. She annoys the hell out of me in this chapter, but I also just have so much glee watching her not be able to find the kids. Yes. Like she's so close to them and Harry is trying to hold his breath or whatever so she can notice him. And I'm just like, I'm so ecstatic that she doesn't find them you know she suspects that they're there and she's not successful and that just makes me so pleased that she's not but she's still annoying as fuck also whether it was her just deciding to come down at that moment oh Hagrid's back better go check on him or my first reaction was once again it's like when Sirius's head was in the fireplace And she was right there, ready to catch them in the act. That's what it felt more like to me. I don't necessarily know what it is. Let's say I do give her the benefit of the doubt in this case, and she was just going to check on Hagrid. You know what? She is kind of right in terms of all these observations she's making and everything, which is great and all. Like, good for you for, like, figuring it out. But your approach completely wipes all of that away. Exactly. Anything positive I could have said about you is completely destroyed because your attitude is so high and mighty and shitty and nasty. Oh my God. It's it's just... Yep, we hate her. Yeah. She's the fucking worst. The only other thing I have to say is the glee of that, but also the glee of Hagrid. Well, the glee of Hagrid not believing her or being scared of her, but also Hermione's warning of you need to be a little bit more careful. And of course, that's where the next chapter kind of picks up. It's still very nice to have Hagrid back and it makes me very happy. Obviously, you know, you're going into the next chapter being like, oof, this is not going to end well because we all know Hagrid's not going to listen to her. I really, really appreciate Hermione's determination. She's not successful, but she really is trying because she cares so much. And like the last line of the chapter is her be like, she can have Trelawney. I don't give a fuck. But Hagrid is special. That's I mean, Trelawney is important too. Let's not like. Well, her right. Her Hermione mind. doesn't know that. Yes. Well, I mean, at the very <clears throat> least. We do. Yeah. And we and, appreciate Trelawney. And we're getting close. We're, I think, past a book the halfway away. choice too. So. Oh. Per, past the halfway point. Oh, of this book. Yeah. I'll say we learn about Trelawney in the next book and it's going to be great. Do you want to play a game? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, this game is... Would you rather? Would you rather raise a dragon or go on an expedition to find giants? Raise a dragon. Here's the thing. Going on an expedition is fine, but I think, you know, I've made it very clear through this entire thing. I don't believe in the end goal. The circumstances make this so dangerous, mm-hmm. and perhaps there are some of those conservation efforts, which are all well and good and stuff. But to go try to find these people who are an endangered species, making themselves more endangered, and you're endangering yourself while doing it, and there's so many caveats and things that you have to do to make sure that you're not hurting yourself or hurting these people, or whatever the case may be. Like, I would go on an expedition, but I don't want to do it to find out. Would you rather sneak out of the castle using only the invisibility cloak or only the marauder's map? Only the invisibility cloak. I guess if I were in their case, I feel like I would be able to do it a little bit Well, okay. Like the marauder's map, obviously, if you have to hide from somebody else, that's fine. But like, there are going to be people like Peeves and stuff. Even if you can escape from, I don't know, Umbridge and Snape walking down the hallway Mm -hmm. together, there are going to be other instances where it might not be so easy. At their age, I think that they would at least be able to maneuver without the map 
while using the protection for the invisibility club. Would you rather be caught out of bed by Umbridge or Snape? Snape. Would you rather be forced to wear Umbridge's pink cardigan or her green hat with the ear flaps? Green hat with the ear flaps. And would you rather have... That ha- cardigan is ugly. <laughs> it's clearly ugly. Would you rather have Everlasting Fire or a Goblin-made helmet? Oh my god. Everlasting Fire. I don't really have need for the Goblin helmet. Be honest. I'm not doing construction. <laughs> so that was my game. Cool. You're not going to answer that? I would also rather raise a dragon, and I would also rather be caught out of bed by Snape uh-huh. and wear the green flap hat. I. You want I, the helmet? I don't know. I kind of want the helmet. I think it would be cool because, you know, like. A goblin-made helmet is actually very rare. So you could go, like, walk around the streets and be like, do you like my helmet? Hell yeah. Nice? And I would have an excuse to, like, pretend to sing opera badly, because that's the only way I would do it. I you don't know. need an excuse to do that. You just do it. I just do it. I'm just kidding. And I think I would have the Marauder's Map. But I that's understand... That's the one that is the most tricky, I think. I understand all of your reasoning behind the invisibility cloak, and it's a very difficult decision, but I think I would go with Marauder's Map if I were, like, Harry or any of the Marauders and knew the castle super well. Yeah. Even though I have the map, then I can be like, but I know there's a fucking secret passage here, and I can go around these people, but if I'm me and I've never been to the castle because, you know, my Hogwarts letter got lost in the mail... I would be like, nah, I need this fucking cloak. Well, then how are you there in the first place? I mean, I was actually And why there. are you sneaking out? <laughs> well, now I've been there, obviously, because I'm actually a witch. I'm actually great with directions. I feel like the castle, I would need a couple years. In my fifth year, I'd be good. But if it were like the first year, fuck that. Yeah. So that's the other thing. I think in the fifth year, and they're only going to Hagrid's hut, it's not like they're trying to like go to Hogsmeade. That's another reason. The movie, the only... No, I don't even have anything from the movie. No, there's nothing. There's nothing from... There's nothing. No thing. Nothing. The movie does not get any represent... The movie does not give any representation of this chapter. All of our sentences during this movie segment are not very good. So, let's move on to points. Bye, movie. Oh, by the way, before I get into points, <laughs> then the only other thing I said was, like, so Grubbly Plank's just gone. Like, she's just like... Peace. Right, she was like, peace, I'm going to Bermuda? I don't know. Oh, man. Well, I hope she goes to Bermuda, but that's a loss, I think. Oh, she's great. Like, also, he's hurt. Like, why can't he just be like, you know what, I'm gonna take a little bit to, like, soothe my meathead, and then Grumble Plank can still do the class, and then I'll come back. She's probably just like hanging out and she's just going to be there in case professors need to take a break. I still think Grubbly Plank lives in Hogsmeade. I think she lives in Hogsmeade too. Yeah. Anyways, the points. There's not a lot of points at all. I gave 50 each to Hagrid and Maxine, which is actually kind of a lot when you look at the scope of points to everybody else. But this was an incredibly dangerous mission and I think it really did show like the severeness of everything. If Dumbledore is willing and they are willing to put themselves into danger like this much, I think they deserve 50 points each. Also plus 20 to Carcass. Oh, Carcass. Rip. Rip Carcass the Carcass. (laughs) Negative 20 to McNair and Golgameth, because both of them as assholes. They like killing. But you know who a big asshole is? Big bitch. Yeah, so negative 30. And I am saying this right now. This is a new rule for myself. From now on, Umbridge is getting... Because she ain't getting no points awarded, let's be honest. No. Every time she gets points taken away, it the minimum is 50. Like, I've had it. I've had it with you. You are a fucking piece of shit. I hate you. I can't wait until the grops beat you into a pulp. Spoiler! Hooray! The grops done fucked up Hagrid. The grops gonna be fucking you up soon, and I cannot wait. 
cannot. Greasy piece of shit. Next time. We'll be discussing chapter, chapter 21. 21. The Eye, Eye of, of the snake. snake. Which sounds like a dick to me, honestly. And it's sadly not. No. Sorry. It's something much, much worse. And a dick is bad enough, let's <laughs> be honest. Spoiler, it's a snake. That was a roundabout way to be like, guess what the eye of the snake is? Literally, an eye of a snake. An eye of a snake. Not a dick. See you next time. Uh, farewell. <laughs> I don't know what that is. What was I don't know, but. I love it. Let's I stand let's... by it. Ha! Farewell. <laughs>Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Gorkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. Join our social media pages. Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash basicsnitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Taryn Telegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out!